You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, and today we're talking about healing. That's right, true and lasting healing, no matter what you're trying to overcome. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. And as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. To bridge the gap between doing it all and doing nothing into a happy medium that is realistic and attainable for you. Last week on the podcast, we took a deep dive into mold, the silent epidemic that is really becoming one of our greatest health triggers and disease today, especially for roughly 25% of the population who naturally are more susceptible to getting mold illness. If you haven't listened to that show, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode number 58 to learn more about that, more about mold, and what it could be doing in your body. But today, we're going to break down how to heal from mold, and more than that, just the basis and foundation of healing in general. But we're going to specifically talk about mold, including a low mold diet, and we'll briefly talk about how to test for mold in the beginning. However, there's going to be a lot more information on that over in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 059. But before we get started, I just want to remind you to stick around until the end because I have something that could really help you in your healing process. I'll also be sharing a little bit about next week's guest and you are going to love her. Also, don't forget, the Healthy Holiday Gift-Giving Show is right around the corner and I'm still taking ideas. So if you have the perfect healthy holiday gift idea, please shoot me an email at alexa at simplerootswellness.com and let me know what it is. Who knows? It could be on that show. And while you're doing that, would you take one minute to rate and review the podcast? I say it all the time, but this literally is the lifeblood of the show. It's what makes it happen and allows other people who wouldn't hear about Simple Roots Radio to come and join us in making realistic changes that last. Like I said, leaving a rating and review literally takes one minute, and you only have to do it once. It really does mean the world to me, and I read everyone and feel so blessed to be able to do this journey with you. To leave a rating and review, find Simple Roots Radio on iTunes or head on over to simplerootswellness.com slash review and leave your honest feedback. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So last week, we dove deep into what mold is and specifically what it's doing in our body, which basically is creating this chronic inflammatory response, which is exactly what mold illness is now classified as, just this overridden immune system that just sends out inflammation all the time, creating a multi-system, multi-symptom disease. We also learned some of the symptoms and the toxic burden that's building up, making mold a major trigger for so many disease processes, including cancers and autoimmunity and a lot of other things that really just leave us feeling less than fatigued and tired and unhealthy. Today, we're going to flip the spectrum and we're going to learn how we can heal from mold. 
and not just slap a band-aid on it, but really to get to the root, uncover it, and take care of it so that our body can go back to its natural state of efficiency, of energy, uh, of really just high performance. But before we go there, I've been asked over and over and over, how do I test if I have mold? There are a lot of different ways that someone can go about learning if mold is their issue. Specifically for me, I found out by going to a natural holistic doctor in our area who was able to test me in multiple different ways for mold. I had muscle testing. I also had some blood tests done um, to learn kind of the impact that mold was having on my body. Another area is just testing the home or the environment in which you live. So we had a home inspector, like I mentioned, come out and get air samples. However, I think you can go online and just order air quality tests and you can get them sent right to your door and you just ship them back to the lab and they'll give you all the results. However, the home inspector was really nice because not only did they take air quality samples, but literally they inspected everything about our home and even our humidity levels and the changes in that and just made sure that everything was working well and that everything was in line so that mold in the future wasn't an issue. There's also a test online that I think you could use as an introductory test if you don't yet have a doctor in the area or you don't really wanna spend the money on air quality tests. I believe you can find this test for free, but that test is actually a vision test and it helps basically determine via your visual contrast or your ability to see visual contrast, your sensitivity to mold. That test is called a visual contrast sensitivity test. And again, that's something you can take right online. I'm gonna look, I believe there's a free one that you can take online. I'll pop it in the show notes at simpleritzwellness.com slash 059 to get that. But those are just some quick tips in there. I'm also gonna be um, leaving a lot more information in the show notes about how you can test. So basically in my story, what we did is I obviously got tested personally at my doctor's office numerous times, right? But you could also smell it. Like you could smell the mold, which if you're a sensitive person, you're going to smell that more readily than other people. So if you think you have a funny smell or your house has a funny smell, you potentially have a mold issue. Then we had the home inspector come out and the home inspector took the air quality samples. But remember, those came back within normal limits. So we were still stumped. So why was I testing positive for mold even though our house came back in normal limits? The problem was is that the normal limits can still cause someone who is sensitive like myself to react. So from there, how did we get rid of it? Well, that's the thing, right? Like you can't fully heal from mold illness until the problem is gone. So knowing you have mold, finding where it is and getting rid of it is the key, the root the foundation for healing in this case, and in most cases, right? It really gets back to getting into the rut. Now, that was really, really difficult for us because there wasn't a visual sign of mold anywhere in our house. Now, I talk a lot about our washing machine making a second. You can go back and look at last week's blog post where I talk more about that. That really was the culprit or that was the the starting point for mold growth. However, we didn't even have visual mold in our washing machine, but It was inside the drum or the barrel or whatever you call that, and it was just spreading mold. Remember, mold is a living organism, so it's not just dust particles or particles of something that can easily be gotten rid of. It's a living, active thing, and only so many agents will kill it. In fact, mold is really, really difficult to kill because it just goes into remission. So it just basically goes into hibernation, and it will stay in hibernation until that particle or that substance that you're trying to kill it with, say bleach, 
goes away. And then some of those mold spores can reemerge once the chlorine is gone and come in and wreak havoc again because it's going to grow and remember release those spores into the air and those spores are going to then stick to whatever it came in and mold feeds on about anything. It just needs damp, warmer conditions in order to really thrive. So for us, we ended up having house cleaners to come in and try and really just do a deep clean of our house. The problem was they weren't willing to take that on because they couldn't see any physical mold. And because they guarantee results, they couldn't guarantee that they were going to give us results that we needed because they had no idea where it was coming from or where it was. And our air quality test came back within the normal limits. So no one would come in and clean our house. However, I did have one company come in And they sprayed our entire house with this new substance that's totally organic and natural. I can't release a name yet. It's coming. Um, But we really found that helped, especially because once we learned it was our washing machine, obviously we got rid of that. We got a new washing machine. Really, since then, we've done really well. Um, However, we're still going to test again to make sure that we really got rid of the problem. But that's kind of our history on, on testing. So you want to, you know, make sure that mold really is your culprit. But like I mentioned, because I know that there was a lot of money going into getting tested at a doctor's office and home inspection wasn't cheap and um, getting someone to come to your house and actually clean it and buying a new washing machine. I mean, this was a lot of money and it was well over our budget. But at that point, you do anything you can to get better. So, I mean, we almost had to. One other thing that we did that greatly improved my health and the health of our family in general was that we got an air air purification system, a whole house air purification system, which really aren't that expensive considering what they provide. And that was a significant change. I'm gonna link up the one that we actually purchased on here as well as some other ones that are really good that use like the HEPA filters um, that really sanitize the air as it pulls it in and basically recirculates it. Obviously, I don't know a lot about this, but I know those things worked. So again, all the information on testing for mold you can find over on the blog post. Today, I specifically wanna take a deep dive into how to heal from mold what you can do with your diet, what you can do with your lifestyle, and maybe even some supplements that you can take in order to do this. But I wanna be clear. I feel like in the world that we live in, it's an all or nothing approach. People either have to go all in or not in, and we think about these things in very systematic, box-like ways. Like everything's in a box, and if you can't do it perfectly, you're not gonna do it at all, or you look like a failure, right? That's not the case at all. When, you, when we talk about healing from something, it's a very individualized approach. It's a process, not an all or nothing thing. So I want you to be encouraged to know that this is gonna take time. It's gonna take learning your body and it's gonna take learning what your body can handle and what it can't because the reality is everyone is different. I'm sensitive to things that my husband's not sensitive to. Like it's, it's all individualized. So kind of knowing your body first and foremost and using everything else as a foundation to build off of. So it's kind of like I've heard someone say, like you should be your own health detective. Like looking at you first and foremost and what works for you and doing that. So everything I say, I'm gonna say in a generalized term, like this has been found to be potentially helpful in a number of people. However, it might not be the case for you. So what I'm saying is just be open to ideas and different things. But there is one foundation across the board, no matter if mold illness is a problem for you or not, it's called detoxification. 
And I'm going to dig into this a lot um, as we break this down because detoxification is the foundation. Like cleansing your body is the foundation for how we stay healthy and how we allow our body the right environment. Because again, that's what it boils down to. We want to try to eliminate the trigger that's going to ultimately put our body into this cascade of disease mode. But in order to eliminate that trigger or the effects of those triggers from coming in and pulling it, the cleaner we our body is, like the more efficient it is, the healthier it is, the less likely those triggers are to have an impact. So take, for instance, someone who is sick, like for myself. Once I started to get sick, I found that I was sensitive to everything. I used to be able to work out all the time. I used to be able to handle quite a bit of stress, not sleeping as much, all of these things, right? Even though these were little stressors that added up over time to a big stress, but I was able to handle them. Now, as I heal, I recognize that because my body was sick, I'm naturally more sensitive to stress. So not getting enough sleep really, really affects me. Running a straight three miles, like things that were easy two years ago have become really stressful for my body. So now I just know I have to run walk. So I'm more sensitive to a lot more things. However, I found that as I've continued healing, as I've been more aware of my body, as I've been positive through the situation, the more I can handle, the less sensitive I become. So I want you to know that like if you're sick, you're going to naturally be more sensitive and way more strict with what you do. As you heal, it will get less and less and you'll be able to withstand a lot more. So that's the good news on all of this. But detoxification is the process of cleansing your body. Your body does this naturally. It's not something that we need to do. We think of detox diets often as like like the cayenne pepper, maple syrup, uh, you know, fast that people do, or you can buy detoxes full of all these supplements and all these crazy things to really cleanse your body. Or you can think of it as a, um, a bowel cleanse. Like we think about all these things in cleanses and there are some really wrong ways to do cleanses and there are some really right ways to do cleanses. And I think you have to be careful, but really when we look at detoxification, again, our bodies naturally detoxifying. Now, what we have to do is we have to allow it the space and the environment to do it well. The problem is over time, all these little stressors or maybe even a big stress kind of puts a damper on the detoxification system. Like once our body becomes overrun with toxins, overrun with stress, because again, we have to filter out stress out of our body. Like that's that's a substance, a particle. It's not just a thought or an action. Every cell has a response for that. And that's creating a byproduct. And those byproducts have to be released out of the body. So detoxification comes in to get rid of foreign substances like bacteria and viruses, parasites, and other things. But it also comes in to get rid of byproducts, both natural and induced. And it also comes into play to get rid of all the toxins that we have in our body or that maybe we ingest or we put on our skin or we just inhale living in the environment that we live in. So detoxification is really a process of the liver packaging these things up, releasing them mostly into the lymphatic system into the bloodstream to be gotten rid of via our kidneys or sweating or our bowel movements or whatever. So your body packages them up and gets rid of them. The problem again is when we get so overridden with bacteria and viruses and toxins and stress, like the load on our body becomes more than our liver can filter and handle. So things start to back up. They start to get sluggish and it just starts building and building and building in our body. Those triggers come in and your body just starts to become more sensitive. Like any little thing can then set your body off and cause this cascade of damage happening in our body. 
So we just have to be careful or aware that we need to start learning more about detoxification or at least applying principles to help provide that environment for our body to thrive. And we've talked about these like little things like intermittent fasting, right? Allowing time every single day where your body does not have to break down and digest food. That is a job for your body. And when that's occurring, really all these other functions of our body cease. So we want to have a time to eat and a time to rest. Other things are watching what kind of things you put on your body. We've talked about in the skincare episodes, um, how our mindset is. We really are just scratching the surface on this, but we're going to dig a lot more into the mindset, especially next week. We're going to talk about that with the expert that's coming on. Um, It's really, really fascinating. The power of the mind, both in a negative way and a positive way when it comes to healing. I really want to get into that more, Um, but also what we eat and how we live our life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But cleansing, detoxing, this is something that we should really focus on a period every single year. So I know I have the Simple Cleanse, which is a natural, real foods detoxification system. It basically breaks down your life. And I don't mean this to be an ad, but I'm just saying, like, if you want to reach healing, if you want to prevent what could be, right, the Simple Cleanse is one of the best things I believe that you could do for your body. It's I created it once I got sick to help my body heal. I've used it numerous occasions and literally it provides so much life to your body and it really essentially is just showcasing the things that you should probably eliminate or take out of your diet for the time being. Those things that are really backing up your body and more importantly it's showing you okay now you've got to add all these things in because really what kind of diet is deprive starve and rely on willpower right like that's creating a lot of harm in general so it's not just about okay we're going to eliminate these toxins but it's really let's give all these life-giving foods and this life-giving lifestyle back in and really break it down for a period of 28 days I can promise if you do it, you'll feel amazing. And more than that, because I'm not as focused on external appearance or what's happening externally or promising great weight results. But what I am saying is internally, there is huge, huge change. And I think if we can become a generation that's more concerned about what's happening internally in our mind and our soul, in our bodies, and less about whether our external situation changes, we become changed. And that change just catapults into great, great things. So right now we're just so stuck in the mindset of our external situation has to change, but that's not always the case. And sometimes that takes years. So rather, I want to switch your mindset to be more internally focused. How can I feel better on the inside? Because it really starts inside to the outside. Like it never goes the other way. And we see it go the other way, right? Like you see your friend lose 20 pounds really, really quickly on some crazy diet. And they feel really good. But the problem is because they changed their outsides first, it rarely, if ever, will last. That's the problem with diets is they focus on the external appearance, on the external situation, and they forget that the inside runs the show. So eventually they're going to collide. They're going to crash and things are going to spiral out of control and really, really quickly at that. That's why, you know, 98% of all diets fail. Some say 100% of all diets eventually fail. And it's because once the outside, the external appearance collides with the internal functioning of the body, things don't go well. So if you want lasting health, if you want to feel good, we're not so much talking about the external situation. We're talking about the internal thing that you can help control and change. 
So detoxification, cleansing, so, so, so important. And you're going to see that as we go because that is the foundation for helping your body to get rid of these excess toxins, of these excess viruses, and really take the time to not just get rid of the buildup that's there, but to go back. That's why you want to, like, that's why mine is 28 days. It's it's not just time to get rid of that, right? That can be done in about five, maybe 10 days. But the other days are, the other 18 days are really to go back then and allow your body to, to heal, to go back and to really start to function at its prime, to take everything out and really just to start to break it down and rebuild it in a really great way. So if you want to learn more about The Simple Cleanse, it's over in the show notes. You can also go to simplerootswellness.com slash the-simple-cleanse and get that. And I have a free detox guide that I'm giving you over in the show notes and if you subscribe to my email list. Again, I don't mean that to be an ad, but I'm really, really passionate about the Simple Cleanse. And I think people think about it as just a means of weight loss or it's too difficult, right? I meet you right where you are. There's three different levels and that's what this is about. So even when I talk about these changes just here that you can make, you have to start and meet yourself right where you are and start just making slow, steady changes that will snowball in time to, I mean, make huge strides in your life. So specifically talking about mold. So we're gonna really talk about specific foods in this and even more specific supplements that are directly related to helping your body detoxify and specifically mold. But there is something called the low mold diet. And There's some controversy in the low mold diet, but when we think about even candida, which is a fungus, which is also a type of mold, right? So we have like mold coming from, like for me, I was exposed to it in the house, but yet my younger daughter had developed candida at birth um, from a C-section. And so like they're, they're both different species, but they're really doing the same thing. So whether you have candida-based thing going on or just a mold from the environment, they really are treated similarly. And again, that's usually classified as a low mold diet. I'm going to pull a little bit different because generally when we see a candida diet, what we know is you want to take the fuel source away from the mold. And what does mold like most? What do we like most? Sugar, right? We like sugar. So the overall basis is to eliminate as much sugar as you can. It's to starve the mold. And candida diets have become really popular about eliminating sugar. See, the problem with mold is that the mold starts eating all these carbohydrates, which then makes you crave more carbohydrates. So you get in this vicious cycle of just carbohydrate consumption, which also leads to excess weight gain, right? But here's the deal. I believe that we should eliminate a lot of sugar from our diet. I'm not sold on the fact that we should eliminate fruits from our diet, which is often seen in low mold diets, is to avoid all fruits, especially high sugar fruits, I agree with the processed sugar. I totally 100% agree. Where I've done some research is that there are some really beneficial fruits that are really, really, really great at helping the body to detoxify. There's still, I know that science has a really hard time, especially with the keto movement, on... Uh, like just the hang up that it's just sugar. Like we break things down into their macronutrients. And instead of looking at fruit as a whole and thinking, okay, there's a lot more than sugar in there. There's a lot of fiber. There's a lot of nutrients. And all of that put together reacts differently than just having a processed food, right? Like it's much, much different. And so I say that when I go through this list, you're gonna notice that I think fruit can be healthy. 
obviously not overriding fruits on top of vegetables, right? We need to have the appropriate amount of vegetables and a very vegetable-based diets. But I still believe that even in these low-sugar diets, that fruit really should be a, a critical component. In fact, you can look up some of the studies, but finding that even apples are extremely healing. And surprisingly, in kids, bananas provide so much nutrition just in that. So I'm going to start breaking this down, but that's my little two cents on that. So again, the best way to end mold growth in your body and to really heal from mold and fungus, so even candida, is to cut off the food supply. That means you aim to cut off every food that fuels fungal growth, which really, again, boils down to sugars, grains, and grain-based foods, basically simple carbohydrates. Some people would like to throw milk into that category, but I think it's because milk is just a highly sensitive food. So once you become sensitive to your environment and sensitive to these things, you're naturally gonna become sensitive to milk. So really it just boils down to these simple carbohydrates, which we know really excess amounts of simple carbohydrate, especially from grain-based foods and processed foods, is also suppressing your immune system, which is not something that we want when it's already kind of running on in a chaotic fashion. So again, when we look at mold, the problem is it triggers chronic inflammation. And what we know when we talk about what foods to eliminate, we know that there are some foods that are known to cause inflammation in the body. So when mold's already causing inflammation, the last thing that we want to do is add inflammatory causing foods. Again, in a healthy body, this doesn't tend to be the case, right? Our body can handle it. It doesn't become as sensitive. But someone who has something going on, even if you have a cold, right, those are times when you need to be overly sensitive to what you consume and the lifestyle that you live. So we want to try to avoid the highly inflammatory causing foods or those that are allergy speaking, but really biologically speaking is just the sensitivity. Those top 10 foods, especially when we look at mold, tend to be things like alcohol. I know beer and wine are both really high inflammatory causing foods. Wheat, um, across the board, wheat has got to be one of the highest. Peanuts, Uh, There's an interesting study that was done in 1993 that reported identifying 24 different types of fungus just on the outside of the peanut in their sample. And these peanuts had already been sterilized. There's just enormous fungal growth on peanuts. So things like peanut butter and other things, that's not the same for nuts and seeds, but specifically peanuts. Other things are cottonseed oils, which we see a lot in processed foods, corn, Um, some would just like to classify corn as a fungus and either way, it's a high fungal food. So corn chips, sweet corn, any of it is just, it's feeding the fungal in your body and creating fungal overgrowth and inflammation, barley, dairy, sugar, and rye, all things that we know. And some people though, if you want to take it further and you have a candida or you have a mold issue, some other things that can cause adverse effects include things like vinegars and beans, um, canned tomato products, and yeast. So you're probably thinking, wow, like what does that leave, right? (laughs) Like where should we go from there? Now I have to tell you that it's easy to focus on the the negatives, but we really want to try and focus on the positives. So again, this tends to be a phase. I'm not saying that you have to eliminate those forever, but definitely during the healing process, or like I said, anytime you feel like your body is under a lot of stress, even a cold or high work projects, going on vacation, All of those high stress points in your body, 
those are great times to really like tune in your diet and tune in your exercise. So maybe lower your exercise and increase those non-inflammatory causing foods or those really healthy foods, getting more sleep, things like that to really decrease the amount of stress on your body because we want to prevent those triggers from taking over once your body reaches the stress threshold to allow that to happen. So what can you eat? Let's start focusing on what we can eat. Some whole grains and small concentrations like brown rice and quinoa, gluten-free oats. Again, the gluten tends to be a highly inflammatory causing food, and so trying to stick with the gluten-free oat option. High starch vegetables and legumes like potatoes and beans and lentils and sweet potatoes and squashes and turnips and peas and parsnips. I'm going to be a fruit proponent, and they say especially things like purple grapes and pomegranate and oranges berries, pears, and peaches. Those are all really, really healing things to your body. Um, Blueberries, especially wild blueberries, can be extremely healing. Um, And other things, you know, good animal sources, pastured eggs, basically any kind of vegetable that you can think of, like broccoli and spinach and cauliflower and kale and cabbage. I mean, the vegetables, the foundation, the base of the fiber and nutrients in that is so healing and so cleansing for your body that It really should be the foundational base of our diet. Now you can add, again, lots of those animal products and maybe some gluten-free whole grains um, and fruits into that, as well as healthy fats like extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, coconut milk, ghee, avocado, organic butter, raw nuts and seeds like pumpkin seed and flax seed and chia seed are low mold nuts. So basically our high mold nuts would be peanuts, walnuts, pecans, cashews, and Brazil nuts which is unfortunate because Brazil nuts have like some of our highest selenium counts. And that really is something that we're finding that we're so deficient in. But And I used to eat Brazil nuts all the time, but they're known to have some of the highest mold concentrations. So our nuts just tend to carry that unless you can find raw nuts and you freeze them. Like you put them in your freezer or your refrigerator to prevent that. And again, the last thing is filtered waters, herbal teas, mineral waters, and if you want to get into the fruit and veggie juices, it has to be fresh juice, like freshly squeezed juice. So those are all the things that you can eat. I'm going to have a handout in the show notes for you to print this off so you can see it. Things to stay away from, things to eat. If you're like overwhelmed, I don't get it. I don't understand. What am I going to eat? Again, in the Simple Cleanse program, I have over a hundred recipes that eliminate all the high mold foods and show you how this can just be a natural lifestyle for you. We really want to start starving the mold while nourishing your body because that's the problem with our traditional diet is that we feed our body, but what we don't realize is that we're feeding the mold. We're feeding the fungal overgrowth. And that first and foremost is going to take the nutrients that it needs and we get the leftovers. Now, we want to go about this in that we starve the mold while nourishing ourselves. So we have to provide nourishment and things that the mold doesn't like or it won't use as nourishment. And we want to eliminate what it does so that all of that is going to the body while starving the mold. And you'll find that as that mold dies off, there is something called mold die-off. I've seen it um, mostly in fungal die-off. With my daughter in Candida, she had a really few rough days when we started the process, but most often you'll only see that with supplementation use that really goes in to kill that off can cause complications. You want to kill mold off just like you would chelate heavy metals really, really slowly. But in the food aspect, rarely is food going to cause a die-off reaction. And it's just, again, a great means of really flooding your body with nourishment and 
killing the mold at the same time. So those are some of the foods that we can do. Other things that we need to do, again, every cell in our body has a receptor for emotion. And what we're really learning about emotion is that it has a really positive or a really negative impact on the health of our body, on the state and the functioning of our body. I mean, sometimes you hear like this morning and I was listening to the radio and they were talking about a man who was riding his bike, got hit by a truck and became paralyzed. Um, The doctor said he would never walk again, but surprisingly, he was determined that he was going to walk again. And so two years later, he actually completed his first marathon back. His doctors and physical therapists made a statement and said it was all because of the mindset that he had going into that. That is how he healed. They, They strictly broke it down into the mindset. And I think that we don't give our mind enough power and enough credit. So if you feel like you're never going to get well, you probably won't. But if you really choose the mindset of, I'm going to heal my body. I'm not going to look on the outside. I'm not going to have thoughts of bitterness and jealousy, which is really hard on social media. But those are all causing a negative reaction in our body that, again, can clog and jam up our body, right? Like, think about it. The more jealous you become, the more bitter you become. If you have a rough day with your boss, if relationships are bad, like, I remember times in our marriage where things were not going well and I really felt bad. Like you just physically feel bad. You're tired. And when stress hits, what do you want to do? You want to sleep? You want to eat? Like your body is starving for energy to feed these negative emotions that are going on. However, on the other hand, some of the most energizing things are things like gratitude. In fact, next week we're going to learn from the lady coming on that gratitude is probably one of our highest healing emotions that we can have. Gratitude, peace, um, happiness, all those things really create a change in our body that help it to heal. I know this is crazy and it sounds foreign and I really would like to get in the nitty gritty science of it, but what you really need to know is every cell has a receptor for emotion and that's doing something positive or something negative. Our thoughts matter and they add up. So we really have to come to a place where we have a good mindset. I think that's one of the most critical things in healing. And that's really where I started to see my healing change is for the first six, eight months, I was really feeling like I was getting nowhere. I was I was depressed. I was feeling like I shouldn't be here. I was ashamed of being the nutritionist who was now sick and gaining weight and unable to work out. Like there was just so much emotions. But once I realized like that change and I don't have to be everything for everyone and I can pick out those things in life that I really want to focus on and really fill me up and provide that joy and live more for those. And I also through that time when we throw exercise into this healing mix is learning that exercise can be a really negative, stressful event on the body and in other cases can be really positive. So it's a balance between not pushing your body to extremes or beating it into submission. I used to do this all the time. I used to do it to people working in a gym. I'm not proud of it, but that's what it happened. And instead, come to a place of just exercising and finding a way that you actually enjoy it. Doing it for good with the right mindset as opposed to doing it because you feel like you have to. Two totally different things. And again, in stressful situations, knowing when to back off intense exercise and maybe just go for a walk. Exercise is important. We need to move every day, but the amount and the intensity is going to vary based on every day and how you're feeling. So those are some additional things to remember in this healing process. And the last thing that I want to talk about are some supplements. And I talk about supplements really lightly on here. One, because I think everyone's needs are going to be different and very individualized. But I'm going to give you some some general ideas of supplements that you could either research or bring up with your holistic practitioner, look into. And I'm going to give you the brands that I love 
over in the show notes. Um, But one that fights mold more than about anything is zinc. And again, I found that I was extremely deficient in zinc. My body needs a lot of zinc. And it's one of the most healing things for our immune system. Even giving, I'll link it up, but like a few drops of zinc to your kids. The flu season can be really beneficial. It's a foundational mineral that actually fights mold. And not only mold, but it fights any pathogen in us. So it's a mineral that kind of goes head to head with those um, and breaks them down and gets rid of them. Another supplement is B12. This is definitely an energizing supplement. You have to get the right kind, like a methylated B12 supplement. Um, But again, can be extremely healing um, in the lymphatic system and the immune system. And then we get into just some things that help your body detox, like spirulina, um, which tends to grab hold of mold in the body and pull it out of the body. Spirulina tends to be one of the most easily metabolized multivitamin and takes care of a lot of deficiencies on its own. Again, it's a natural thing. I specifically like the Hawaiian spirulina, um, but naturally it just helps the body rid itself of toxins while providing a lot of nourishment in the end. Um, Going along those same lines, you've probably heard of activated charcoal. I like Takasumi. I did a podcast, I believe, on black water. Black magic water is what we call it. Um, But the Takasumi and the activated charcoal is going to stay more in your digestive tract which your digestive system is the first line of defense. So it's extremely important to take care of that. Um, But that's where it's going to stay and really just help flush those toxins out of your digestive tract so they can't enter the bloodstream or they're not as likely to enter the bloodstream. On the same lines, having a probiotic, again, they're finding more and more that the base of your digestive tract or specifically your small intestine where food and particles and other things enter your bloodstream, that like the the health of that is going to be critical in overall healing. A good probiotic is going to be important as well. And in all of this, I really like magnesium one, because I think magnesium is going to be coming to be known as one of the most important and critical substances in the body. Um, It's depleted directly with sugar. So the more sugar we eat, the more we deplete magnesium. We rarely find it in our food system anymore. And it also is just a good relaxant of the body. We need a lot of magnesium and especially will help keep your bowels moving. And the last thing that we want when you're trying to heal your body is to be constipated. So magnesium, like magnesium citrate and magnesium glyconate are really, really beneficial in helping the body to heal, um, but also keep things relaxed and moving. And of course, vitamin D3 um, is always going to be great. And we hear a lot about that. I don't think we need to take excessive amounts of vitamin D3. I think that's unneeded and unnecessary. But definitely having that as vitamin D um, is linked to a lot of, or low vitamin D is linked to a lot of disease processes. When we get into essential oils, I am no essential oil expert. I just want that to be known. However, I do use them. Again, I use them only externally or topically, definitely never ingesting them. But essential oils can work great against mold, especially if you're diffusing them into the air. Remember, mold reproduces via sending those spores out into the air. So the essential oils can come into contact with the air spores um, and really kill them is what my understanding of it is. And so some good oils that would be good to diffuse are rosemary, especially for black mold, thyme, and sage, I believe. I'm forgetting one, but I can't think of the name right now. Either way, rosemary, thyme, and sage. Um, If I think of it, I'll add it to the show notes, but those can be great to just, if you can't take care of the mold issue in your house right away, those can be good to just naturally disperse or diffuse into the air. There's also something called an ozonator. 
I've heard mixed reviews about an ozone eater. However, I know it kills mold rapidly. Basically, it's a machine that you put in a room where you feel like mold is. You shut all the doors, you shut all the windows, and you have to take all of your plants and animals and yourself out of the house while it's running in 20 minutes afterwards. I think it just eliminates the oxygen or the fuel source for all of that um, and it depletes it. And then you have to have time for that to replace itself. However, I've heard people who have great response from that. I'll add an ozonator to the show notes as well. Some other things like nettle leaf, which is a nettle leaf tea, super healing and fighting viruses and bacteria and mold spores and other toxins and really just providing health for you. Something great to have during the winter months, especially when sickness is more prevalent. Omegas, like your healthy omega-3s, you can eat these or you can supplement with them. Um, Infrared saunas. This has been really, really beneficial in my healing. When I've been healing and trying to really help my body to detoxify more naturally, I use the vibration plate, which we talked about, and infrared saunas. And then when I'm in the clinic, sometimes I'll get acupuncture. But the infrared sauna and the vibration plate, hand in hand, huge, huge, huge results. Both an investment. But if you had both of these, honestly, I use my parents have a sauna, so I get to use their sauna. But I would love to have one of my own because there are so many benefits of a sauna. And it's actually one of the things that I'm adding to my healthy holiday guide because I think that there's so many good benefits that can help you for years and years and years because what a sauna does is it really helps, again, enhance the natural detoxification. It helps pull that out through sweating and other things, especially when we get into infrared saunas. Um, so healing. So I use the vibration plate and then I get in the sauna. So the vibration plate helps my lymphatics to move. So it starts the movement. And then inside the sauna, it really helps to pull it out of the system. Overall, right, like the bottom line in all of this, and I know I'm getting a little long today, the bottom line in all of this is detoxification. If we can eliminate the stress load and the toxic burden that we see plaguing our bodies, we really try to bring that down and we enhance that natural detoxification. We provide the environment, the rest, the movement, the right nutrition, we can see a lifetime of health come from that. We really, really can. But again, we have to be more concerned with the internal functioning of the body rather than our external circumstance because our external circumstance isn't always gonna change. There is always going to be mold we are gonna encounter. However, in your living space, definitely should take measures to take care of it. But the most important thing is how is your internal system functioning? And I think there are means and ways for us to go about really optimizing that and providing for that um, and taking the stress load off. So we just have to be aware of those. We're going to keep breaking this more down as we go. But like I said, I know this can be overwhelming. At the end of the day, detoxification is what matters. It is a foundation in the base. And if you've never done a cleanse, you have to try out the simple cleanse. I promise you won't go wrong. Ultimately, I really want to see you helped. I really want to be able to come alongside of you, meet you right where you are, and help foster that. I know I'm going to be going back through it the first of the year, and I hope that you'll join me in that. However, you can grab it anytime over in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 059. It's not as scary as it sounds, I promise, and there's tons of healthy recipes. I know you're going to love even when you're not cleansing. I get asked all the time, people who you know, have heard about the cleanse recipes, you know, can I have that recipe or is it on your site? Most of the recipes in the cleanse are only found in the cleanse. There are a few online um, and maybe I'll link some of those cleanse worthy recipes up. But again, what I really want to stress and what I hope to excite you is that yes, mold illness is scary. Disease is frightening, 
But there is prevention. We don't have to be a slave to our health to be healthy. And that's what so many people are. They live for health as opposed to using their health to live for something more. And I promise once we can get into that mindset of living for something greater with greater purpose and greater meaning, we can start to see health in a whole new way. And we can become really excited about that. Not just one more thing you have to do or one more thing you have to eliminate. This should not be another stress in your life, but a means to living for more. And that's what I really am excited to help and come alongside you and walk you through. So make sure you check out the show notes. I know I went through a lot. And again, I'll have that download in the show notes to help show you the low mold diet or my own low mold diet on foods to maybe eliminate or avoid and those things to really add back in because we can't change our body with this restriction and deprivation. We have to add back in. So that's the show today. Obviously, I'm really passionate about this. I've walked through it firsthand. I would love to hear your questions or concerns. Please leave a comment below or shoot me an email if you need more help or have more questions. Again, I just wanna walk through this with you and help us to reach that fulfilling, healthy life that we've been looking for. It's not as difficult as we make it out to be. So head on over to the show notes, simplerootswellness.com slash 059 to grab that. And again, the simple cleanse will be found on that page with the free detox guide that goes along with it. And who knows, there might be a little special something over there waiting for you if you sign up for the Simple Client. Also, I was gonna tell you, next week, we have Robin Openshaw on the show, most famously known for being the green smoothie girl and really starting the green smoothie trend years ago. Actually, today, when this show releases, she will be releasing her latest book, Cold Vibe, all talking about the vibrational frequencies of food. She provides a great foundation for the mindset that we should be living in and really what that's doing to our body, as well as those foods and really breaking down why diets today, even the keto diet, maybe don't have as great of a basis as they make it out to seem. So you're gonna wanna stick around to hear Green Smoothie Girls, Robin Openshaw's show with me. It was fantastic, I learned so much, and I know it's gonna be an incredible interview. So stick around to learn more about her latest book, Vibe, Vibrational Frequencies, and what they mean for our health. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to send me your healthy holiday gift ideas. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you next week.